The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 155. Verizon clarifies its LTE timeline, AT&T announces the jack, and when you can expect your cupcake. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. And first off today, thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Help support the Cell Phone Junkie by signing up for a two-week free trial of Netflix. Plans starting at $4.99 per month, over 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want with no late fees ever. Free shipping both ways, and as a bonus to your DVDs, get some of the, the content over the internet. A smaller library, but still over 12,000 choices to choose from for no additional charge. Thank you very much to Netflix for being a sponsor of the show. Well, from our contest last week, we have a winner. It was the Wilson Electronics iBooster, and it's the uh, bi-directional amplification system that you can install in your vehicle. And uh, we asked you to send in uh, some creative ideas as to why you need to have the Wilson iBooster. And the winner of the contest is David Dick. So, David, I will be sending this out to you. I know you've already submitted your information to me, so look for that in the next couple of days. Well, Joey and I recorded the Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked episode number 21 this week and had a lot of fun doing it. We talked about, uh, besides uh, other things, the limitations of the new Sling Player application on the iPhone and uh, what uh, that means to you. Also, uh, what you can do uh, with a cheap unlimited plan. Can you make it work for yourself? Also, households are going cell phone only. We talked a little bit about that and why we're still paying early termination fees. So check that one out. You can get it by heading over to the Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked and clicking on the link to, or uh, excuse me, to thecellphonejunkie.com and clicking on the link for TCPJ Unlocked on the right side of the page. Uh, I did have another experience I wanted to talk about, Joey, uh, before we get rolling into the news here. And this was uh, the Invisible Shield because I was I was pretty interested in uh, in seeing how the return process worked with the Invisible Shield. And uh, I, I got the, the Shield in mid-March, I believe it was, and put it on my iPhone 3G. And, you know, after a certain amount of time with these things, uh, they start to get a little bit yellow and they start to kind of peel in the corners and stuff. And I know you've had this experience. I mean, you've gone through what, I think two or three different Shields already? Uh, at least three of them. I, this could be my fourth one. Yeah, they, they uh, you know, it, it kind of, it's one of those things where it's once it starts going, it it just starts going, and you gotta, you know, either deal with it or you know, kind of cut it and and make it so that it fits properly on the phone and whatnot. But it, yeah, and cutting it just delays the inevitable. Once it gets <laughs> going, it it just it, once it starts lifting, it, it it's basically, you know, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there, there's a certain uh, procedure. You know, they've got a lifetime guarantee, which is a great thing. And uh, so, uh, but what they do, what they make you do is they make you uh, send it back to them with a prepaid uh, envelope. I think it is, or do they just send in? What do you? How does that work? No, you have to uh, call them up and talk to them, and then they'll charge your credit card four bucks. Ah, or is it six bucks? It's four or six dollars. No, I can't. No, it's about four bucks. Yeah, it's like three ninety five, and then of course you have to mail yours in to them. So you you know you pay to to mail it in. So you know whatever, you know fifty cents or forty four cents it is now. So um, that's about it. Yeah. So you you send it in, and uh, and then they send it back to you. What? Just takes a couple of weeks maybe to get the new one back. Oh no, not even that long. Uh, few days yeah handful of days it's four days it's, five days mm, kind of depends not too long of a time but at the same time you're like well i'm you know without the shield for that amount of time and you just you got to be careful and whatever so well for for those that don't know and and i didn't really know this until i started looking into it uh zag the creators of invisible shield have retail locations and and actually no mickey you're not without it for a few days they actually mail it to you right away uh when you pay the four dollars and then you mail yours back and what that does is then ensures that you can get your next one for four bucks uh, so it's it's uh you wait till the the new shield comes before you send yours back i see okay well it's uh e- either way you, you still have to deal with the processing and you know and sending it back and the fees and whatnot so rather than in, in doing this they have retail locations and and uh you can uh, i think either go on their website and do a search for it or i just happen to find one at one of my local shopping centers where they actually have the carts in the middle of the mall 
And uh, if you talk to them, sometimes they'll have the particular model of invisible shield that, you know, is fit for your device. So, and what they do is a, a number of things. Of course, they sell them, but then they also do uh, warranty replacements. They, they, they take advantage of having the customer come in and they can replace it for you. Uh, they will also if, offer to put on the shield for you for an additional charge. So if you want to make sure that it's done, if, you know, quote unquote professionally, you can have them install it for you. That's an additional charge. I think it's, it's uh, like five bucks for the screen protector and 10 bucks for them to put on the entire shield. So it's, you know, you know, when you're spending 25 on it and you spend another 10 for them to install it, you know, you got to make that choice if you want to do that. But I basically walked into the, you know, into the mall and went to this cart and, and, you know, walked up and handed them the, the shield that I had. And, uh, you know, she basically just handed me a new one and I was out. I mean, it was like a, I didn't sign anything. I didn't have to do, you know, submit any money. It was, it was fantastic. So those that are users of the invisible shields, if you've got a device that is supported and you've got one of these carts by you, it's uh, it's a great way to do your return. And, uh, then you're, you're, you're back in business very, very shortly. So, uh, what they did tell me though, is that unless they have, uh, enough shields in stock, and I think there's there's a certain requirement that they have as a corporation, whether it's three or five in stock for that particular one. They won't do a warranty replacement for you, so that they have some to sell. So you gotta they gotta keep that in mind. Kind of depends on how many they have in stock. But uh, I happened to call them and, and talk to them, and they said, yeah, we just got a couple in the other day, and yeah, so we, we've got enough here, so you can come in. So that was pretty cool. So anyway, so that was a neat little experience. Uh, and finally, before we get into the news, uh, the uh, another review we got to I got to do this week, and this was on the Blue Ant Q1 Bluetooth uh, headset, and this is a headset uh, like no other that I've used before. It's it's uh, very similar in uh, form factor to you know some of the newer ones that are out there, whether it be uh, you know like the the new Jawbone uh, two or even say the Plantronics 925 or or like any of the other ones that uh, basically fit in your ear, and there's a there's a loop that you can put around your ear that you can or cannot use, or you can just you know shove it in your ear and whatnot. So it's a smaller size, but They've added a few different uh, features to it that I've never seen before, such as voice control. They they allow for for voice control uh, that's built onto the firmware of the actual headset. So this is not like you're pushing a button on your headset and it's activating voice command on your your handset. It's actually voice controlling the actual headset itself and then sending that command to the phone. So the great example of it is you can say something as simple as call speed dial one. And it actually calls the the number that's programmed as the first speed dial in your phone, and, and, and without having to do any programming, it's just whatever's on your phone, it will do. Um, you can also say redial, and uh, of course it'll redial. You can say check battery, and it will ch- tell you the battery status of not only the headset but also the handset. So if your phone is in your pocket or whatever, and you've got the the headset in your ear, you push the button, you say check battery, and it'll come back and it'll say you know headset full battery or you know uh, phone is half or medium i think it says uh for medium so anyway so some cool little voice command features and i I thought that was that was a pretty neat thing uh it's got multi-point so of course you can connect it to multiple phones it worked really really well uh four hours of talk time 100 hours of standby time i've been using it for two weeks i actually just plugged it in today i don't leave it on all the time so that's how i could get by but it was it was two weeks of uh basically daily use for me when I'm you know driving back and forth in the car. It's got two microphones in it, which helps with the voice isolation technology that cancels out any noise. It's also got customized internal windscreens, which really help with the wind noise. And it's a, a big deal right now, especially for me here in Arizona. Very, very hot. We're in the low hundreds. And so I've got the air conditioning on all the time when I'm in the car and uh, having the air conditioning kind of blown around occasionally on your face, uh, you can activate the noise commands or the noise cancellation, and it will cut out a lot of that wind noise. So that's very, very nice. And then, of course, because it's got so much built onto it, it's got upgradable firmware. So it's uh, it's a very unique headset, and uh, Blue Ant was nice enough to send uh, a couple of those out. So we actually uh, had the one that we used for the review, but then we've also got another one that we'll be giving away next week. So make sure you come back to us and listen to show number 156. And we will be talking about what you need to do to win this. So yeah, the Blue Ant Q1. Thank you very much to uh, Blue Ant Wireless for sending that out for a review. And uh, if you want to read more about it, you can go to the link and read about it and see all the photos of it over at thecellphonejunkie.com. Well, first off, in the news this week, cell phone antics at the White House press conference. Well, it's a very interesting uh, story here where there were um, at the, the recent White House press briefing from I think this was Wednesday afternoon uh, where Robert Gibbs was talking about uh, of all of 
of other things. He was trying to get some information out. Uh, he was interrupted not once but twice by cell phones that were ringing. And, uh, three times. Th- oh, yeah, that's right. It was three times because it was the same person's phone twice. And he actually went and asked the person after it rang a second time to give him the phone so that he could he could take it and, and, and store it safely for him. You actually walked and threw it into a hall. So anyway, so this is actually interesting. You can't see the video, of course, when you're listening to this, but we're going to play a little bit of audio so you can hear kind of what was going on with this. Deed made by this president and, uh, and, and are being made. Just, just put it on vibrate, man. We did this before. <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. Third, actually. It happened twice that one day. Go ahead. Not seeking an exception for law enforcement. Give me the phone. All right? This is, come here. Let me see this thing. I made the determination that the illumination of the sound was distracting to the briefing uh, as the press secretary to the president of the United States. Here's that melody you want. What is you too? You want to do this too? Here, come on. No favoritism. I assume it's your banker with a suit like that. Uh, sorry. In the nerve of the third guy, Mickey, he just gets up and holds his conversation, stands up walks out talking during the guy trying to, you know, convey his information. Uh, could you get any more rude? <laughs> just kind of gives the guy, like, the, the whole one finger, like, hey, uh, hold on, yeah. hold on, just hold, hold on here. Hold Let on. me finish my phone call while you're doing your press conference here. Uh, I, that behavior is unacceptable, sir. Um, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. Uh, you just, you know, if, you, if it's an important phone call, you just don't answer, and then you go call the person back. Right. Yeah, you leave the room, then call them back. Don't hold the conversation as you're leaving. What's uh, what's more important? I, I can't even imagine what's more important than what's going on at the White House press briefing, you know, in the news. But unless it was a personal call, that boy, I don't know. That's just. <laughs> yeah, but you you but just you crazy. Wait the what forty five seconds? I mean, you ex- yeah. excuse yourself. You go take the call. You you know you call them back. You just don't. I mean, yeah, they they could be. I mean. There's it, it's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, not gonna anyway. So it's uh, it's kind of a funny video. If you get a few minutes, uh, you can go over and check this one out. We'll link to it. It's from Engadget's website. Well, will you qualify for a free phone? SafeLinkWireless.com is working in conjunction with a government-supported program providing free cell phones and airtime to eligible customers that are at certain income levels. Now, currently, there are only a few areas that are eligible for this, and uh, you can start the process by entering in your zip code, and you'll find out if you're in one of the uh, states that is, that is, uh, that's working with this. And right now, it's just Alabama, Washington, D.C., Connecticut, and New Hampshire that are the locations that are working on this. And they're, they're currently offering a uh, uh, service here in a few other areas and, and we'll be offering it more soon. So, but uh, a, a neat little thing you can, uh, you can get, like I said, a free phone, sometimes government supported phones, and then also uh, airtime as well. Yep. And um, they're also in Detroit as well. Uh, from what I see here from a Reuters article, they, um, they, the, the eligibility for Michigan can, Consist of if you're on uh, Medicaid, if you food stamps, supplemental uh, security, uh, supplemental security income SSI, uh, federal public housing, uh, low income energy assistance, uh, temporary assistance to needy families, national school lunch program, and income at or below 150% of federal poverty guidelines. And this is a uh, a program that was set up by the government uh, Lifeline in 1980 something, 1984, I think it was set up in. So it's kind of an interesting. Um, program that track phone has taken over yeah and it's a it's not a you know not a bad thing i mean if you're you know if, if you qualify for it of course you know free minutes and free texting and and whatever and obviously you're in a position where you can't afford to have uh, and pay for a cell phone yourself and uh, so it's nice that they're that this is offered to those that are in need of a cell phone as uh, obviously we know that there's a lot of a lot of people out there that are so check that one out safelinkwireless.com 
Well, Verizon Wireless uh, this week announced a, a, a clarification of their LTE timeline. Uh, their CEO made clear this, the Verizon Wireless schedule uh, that they're envisioning for the LTE rollout, stating that it will launch LTE, that is, in 20 to 30 markets during the second half of 2010. It is still on track for two test markets, one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast by the end of this year. Uh, and it will reveal exactly which markets those are as they get closer to launch. They also revealed that the devices that can access the LTE network will have swappable SIM cards, which are similar, of course, that uh, the GSM-based uh, phones have currently today. However, the cards will only be swappable with other Verizon LTE certified hardware. And they also said that they believe the new network will be capable of re- uh, reaching speeds between 8 and 12 megabits per second. So we are definitely talking, you know, cable modem or high-speed broadband modem speed. So uh, nice, though, that we see a little clarification there that uh, by sometime in the second half of 2010, we will see this from Verizon. That's pretty neat. Uh, I, I didn't look to see if they listed the city, but I, I know Minneapolis-St. Paul was on one of the earlier uh, release dates. I wasn't that supposed to be in 09, or was that just just my wishful thinking? I think we all, I think we were all very excited about hopefully seeing it uh, in 2009. But it's been, I think, over the last few months, no one is really going to blame Verizon for pushing back uh, the launch of this network based on the, you know, the the economic situation of the the country and the world. And so, you know, 2009 is a test market or for or test testing out two markets with the service, and then we'll roll 20 to 30 into 2000. And ten, but I do think Minneapolis was one of them, and I, I, for some reason, I remember seeing that as well. So, hopefully, we'll be able to take advantage, or you'll be able to take advantage of that uh, when it comes out. Well, uh, T-Mobile settling an early termination fee lawsuit. This one's uh, kind of interesting. They agreed to settle a class action lawsuit over early termination fees. Members of the class who paid T-Mobile's flat rate early termination of two hundred dollars between July twenty third, nineteen ninety nine, and February nineteenth, two thousand nine are eligible for $125 settlement or credit towards T-Mobile's hotspot service. T-Mobile made it clear that the settlement does not equate to an admission of wrongdoing. The total cash layout that we'll be looking at for this claim is $11.5 million. Well, Virgin Mobile posted first quarter net income of $19.1 million, which is a 301% increase over the earnings of $4.7 million of last year. Uh, obviously, the calling plans that they've uh, started to roll out, including some unlimited plans, uh, have really helped out with the Virgin Mobile subscribers. Uh, average revenue per user remained flat. Uh, Q1 was $20.08 compared to $20.14 from the first quarter of 2008, decrease of 5% from 2114 in the f- fourth quarter, though. So uh, they did uh, drop a little bit there in the in the ARPU. But uh, gross customers did rise. They had uh, or they added 630,000 customers compared to the gross customer additions of 795,000 in the first quarter of 2008. So uh, 5.2 million customers on Virgin Mobile right now doing very well. Hmm, interesting. I I didn't realize their uh, ARPU was so much lower than the um, than like a you know Sprint, Verizon, uh, you know the the major carriers because what they're around fifty six, fifty seven, or fifty nine dollars a month. Yeah, they're between most of the, most of them are between I would say fifty five and sixty five a month. So it's it's probably yeah, almost three times as high. And I guess that that's kind of why it is why people choose to go with the prepaid because they can pay you know th- a third of the price. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very interesting. Yeah. So uh, good news for Virgin. And if you're interested, you know, interested or looking at switching to them, obviously they're doing very, very well. $50. We talked about that too in this last week's Unlock Show. $50 for unlimited voice messaging or voice minutes. Uh, very, very uh, competitive. U.S. Cellular announcing a free battery swap program where customers can exchange dead or dying cell phone batteries for a fully charged battery for free. Battery swapping is available to any U.S. Cellular customer who has bought a phone in the last 18 months. Of course, the uh, the few tips for extending battery life, such as turning off the device while charging or fully cycling batteries, are things that U.S. Cellular is touting now, and they're trying to get people to extend the life of their batteries so they don't have as many, of course, to have to recycle. Well, a Chinese forum has posted what is looking to be the next generation iPhone details. Uh, The picture shows uh, a a lot of uh, explanation in Chinese, but then you can read the numerics of it and find out that uh, that the the future specs of an iPhone may look something like this. The current iPhone has a 400 megahertz processor. Looks like we'll see a bump up to 600 megahertz. 
128 megs of RAM is upped now to 256 megs. A digital compass and an FM radio look to be uh, possibilities in this this new uh, this new device. 3.2 megapixel camera with autofocus. 32 gigabyte flash uh, flash storage on it, uh, but no major changes to the battery, screen, or external casing. Joey, complete rumors here. I don't know if this is actually going to be it, but uh, you know this is something that a lot of sites picked up on this week. Fail, fail, fail. FM radio, no way. No? No way. No way. It won't have an FM radio. How many iPods have FM radios? Uh, zero. <laughs> and what was one of the features of you know major competitors of, of iPods uh, always? Uh, FM radio. Yeah. It's, it's a major reason why I don't have an iPod and probably never will have an iPod just because I, I because I do like the FM radio and I just especially here in the US probably where these things are really targeted for FM radio is just not a common or popular feature so that's I mean maybe the chipset can support it but they will never they'll never activate that or have that activated as a, as a function so. I, I don't know. I don't really believe these specs a heck of a lot with that listed in there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, some of these other ones just kind of seem, you know, like, a, you know, given. I mean, obviously, we hope to see a faster processor, and that's, you know, more memory. The memory on the device right now is, is you know, poor, uh, you know, better camera, more size. I mean, they're, they're, they're things that I think we all are, are expecting from it, and I guess hoping that we'll see. So I, I don't know. May or, may, or, may or may not be the actual specs. Yeah, and 32 gigabytes. I, we, I mean, we've seen that one coming since the, the iPhone, the first generation <laughs> iPhone. I mean, it's we've been waiting for that one. Uh, digital compass. I, I mean, I guess I can kind of understand that, but that's really... Well, um, here navigate some navigation things use that, but uh, yep. I, I don't know. Here's here's what I'm thinking with that: the digital compass, similar to what's in the G1. The, the the first Android phones got that compass in it that allows for when you switch over to the street view, where you can walk around and it'll actually show you where you're walking, what you're looking at, and stuff like that. So you'll be looking at the screen, seeing the actual street view satellite image of the direction that you're facing. And I think if Apple continues their partnership with Google, which I'm sure they will, that that's something that they want to have included in that. We're talking about that today, actually, on the MS Mobiles podcast about how is that going to be something that every Android phone has now moving forward because there are APIs for the compass. And uh, so people, I guess, are going to be looking to have a compass in every, hopefully, Android device moving forward. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. I, I think there's some other things, too, that, that they need to do. They could, I, I think a, a higher resolution screen the screen is fine right now. I, I don't think too many people have a problem with it, but it would be nice to see a higher res screen. We're talking about you know full VGA screens on many of the Windows mobile devices now, and we're seeing a half VGA on the iPhone. So hopefully that is something else we'll see as well. But you know that's not listed here in these specs. But uh, as we get closer here and uh, to a, what we're expecting to be a release next month, hopefully we can uh, we can report whether those were true or not. Well, a new iPhone this summer still looks to be, of course, something that's going to happen, but maybe not at WWDC. Uh, the WWDC conference is uh, obviously the conference that Apple puts on every year for the development development community, and uh, some of the, the analysts that are out there say that it's not going to be at this particular event that we're going to see a new phone come out. Rather, that's going to be focused on the new Mac OS 10.6 Snow Leopard and uh, maybe a little bit more on the operating system for the iPhone, but not specifically geared towards the iPhone new hardware itself. So what uh, people are saying is that we could see something coming up uh, at the end of June where they would have a separate press conference to specifically address phones and what's going to happen. There's also talk about a family of phones in that we could see multiple different devices such as a low-end iPhone and also just a a next generation that would have additional storage features but keeping the same price uh, for uh, more storage options on these phones. So it's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff still floating around out there. There's a video that's floating around out there showing the kind of chromatic styling of the iPhones out there, kind of like what they did with the Nano, where they have multiple different colors for them. So it's uh, a lot of rumors, and uh, again, we'll see what happens. Apple Store is now taking iPhone 3G orders online. You can actually buy and have it shipped 
from Apple directly to your house now. So if you're an interest, interested in getting yourself an iPhone 3G, you don't have to head out to the store now. Just head over to apple.com and order your iPhone. Palm and Sprint announce, announcing the pre's availability on May 19th in the Wall Street Journal. That's uh, a tip that came through this week on the Boy Genius stating that there would be an ad running in the Wall Street Journal stating uh, when the pre would be released. Very, very strange. So we'll keep an eye on that because that's coming up here this Tuesday. June 7th could be the release date. Uh, this is according to uh, Palm Info Center is the source we're quoting here. Uh, the uh, Touchstone uh, kit is in the Best Buy ordering system now, and it's got a 60709 stock date. So we're looking at possibly a June 7th in stock date for this particular device. Uh, this is, you know, again, hopefully we'll find out more information this week. I think we'll see something. If it's not in the Wall Street Journal, maybe somewhere else. Palm Pre demo units now arriving in Sprint stores. Uh, again, more information kind of pushing towards a, a sooner rather than later release of the Pre. Sprint stores around the country are receiving demo devices for their uh, u- their customers, or not their customers, but their employees to test out so that they can show their customers how the devices work. Uh, obviously, this would be a, a little bit... Uh, a little bit interesting if some of these devices got their got some pictures taken and out in the wild as people got to talk about them before the the uh, devices were released. But uh, again, devices being shipped now to Sprint stores on the Windows Mobile side. The HTC Willow possibly coming to Sprint. This is the uh, the the CDMA version of the Snap. If you're uh, remember that one from uh, uh, the uh, uh, what we've seen here over the last couple of months, we're talking about the HTC devices that uh that have come out and we we saw we saw a lot of information about what's going to happen with the snap on the gsm side and looks like we're, we're going to see it in multiple different countries including here in the u.s but typically what we've seen is sprint getting these devices on the H- htc devices before any of the gsm carriers so i'm thinking that's probably what's happening here joey uh june 7th is a potential launch date uh, again just uh you know here's what we're thinking maybe 150 bucks june 7th this would be a obviously a good time for sprint to snatch up a little bit of uh you know a little bit more on the windows mobile side if they can get this one out so i don't know what do you think about this one do you think this is going to be uh you know is it is going to be a popular device i don't know it's it's certainly an alternative to the blackberry which i think a lot of people are happy about yeah, and it's an alternative to BlackBerry, and it's another alternative to uh, like the the Motorola Q9C. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a real you know real strong contender uh, against that phone. Yeah, and uh, some pretty decent specs on it: five hundred twelve meg- megahertz processor, two megapixel camera, two hundred fifty six megs of ROM, and uh, fifteen hundred milliamp hour battery. So that that will do really well on the Sprint network. Hopefully, this is indeed true, and we'll see this one out in the next few weeks. AT&T gets the Jack. Samsung and AT&T announced that the successor to the Blackjack series would be known as the Jack. Candy bar style phone with a full QWERTY keyboard, 3.2 megapixel camera, Wi-Fi, GPS, and 3G with a micro SD card slot, supporting cards up to 16 gigs, running Windows Mobile Standard Edition, and uh, can be upgraded to Windows Mobile 6.5. Once the OS becomes available, it will be on sale May 19th. Again, this coming Tuesday for $100 after rebate on a new two-year agreement. So you've got a decision to make now if you're heading over to AT&T to get yourself a front-facing QWERTY keyboard for $100. You now have a choice between the Jack or the E71X, two very capable-looking devices. And just to warn you, don't ever believe that you will get the Windows Mobile 6.5 upgrade. Just until you make see the it. assumption. Yeah, make the assumption that uh, you're, you'll be stuck with 6.1 and then be be pleasantly surprised when 6.5 does become available to you because it... Uh, it's very possible they never will upgrade it. So just, just kind of keep that in mind. Again, Yeah, that's true. And again, this one has a, almost a 1,500 milliamp hour battery too, which talks about about seven hours of, of talk time and 12 days of standby time. Never seen that on a Windows mobile device. That uh, seems pretty crazy, but I don't know. We'll see what happens with that one. Looks like a good keyboard too. So Blackjacks always have had great keyboards and looks like they've enhanced it even more for the Jack. The BlackBerry Curve 8900, $200 on a two-year agreement is the latest on this one. Uh, this is from the Boy Genius as well, talking about a price sheet from the Southwest region, but it's going to be a national pricing. That $199 on a two-year agreement is going to be the point for that price. And uh, hopefully we'll see this one sooner rather than later. The 8900 is nice hardware. Well, some live shots of the BlackBerry Storm 
to this particular device has uh, received a lot of attention just because people have been wondering whether or not it's going to really address some of the concerns from the original storm. It looks to have a higher resolution display, a 3.2 megapixel autofocus camera with an integrated flash. But really, other than that, there's not much more information on it. We've heard, too, that Wi-Fi is going to be available on all BlackBerry devices that are coming out from uh, Verizon Wireless, starting with this particular one. So we'll just have to see what happens with that. But this is a, uh, you know, could be a, a good thing for BlackBerry if they can get themselves a device that will hopefully be a little bit better in addressing some of the issues from the original version. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. They said they uh, possibly have uh, removed the uh, the sure type, the the, the clicky, the, the 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 screen click button behind the screen. Yep, I saw that too, and I I, I think that's probably a good decision. I think I, uh, a capacitive touchscreen is just fine. I think people have figured it out with the iPhone, and will be just fine, you know, moving forward with something like this. But I I don't know. I, I find I that was probably one of the biggest issues that I had is is it was it was hard to engage it and then disengage it in a rate of speed fast enough for typing on it to make it feel as you know comparable to their blackberries out there well and and you know every other uh sc- you know, every other touch screen that's ever existed does not have a fun uh you know a function like that so i mean it, it, it kind of made good sense in theory but then in actual you know practice it's just too slow it, yeah it is and it's it's not gonna it's not gonna cut it at least uh, I don't think it is, and I think that's why they're getting rid of it. So, yeah, could be dropping the SurePress screen, too. Uh, Nokia announced that it'll be holding a sale uh, this weekend. So if you uh, happen to get out to a Nokia flagship store this weekend, you got 20% off all accessories and low prices on some of the handsets out there, including the E71 for 290 bucks. Very, very good pricing on that. So sales were limited to devices that were in stock, no rain checks. So Nokia, good, uh, good on you for getting that sale out there for the flagship stores. FCC approves the Samsung Android phone. New documents seen on the website this week showed that the Samsung i7500 will include T-Mobile's 1700 MHz 3G network. The information was included in the original press materials, but the FCC approval, of course, makes it formal. The i7500 has a 3.2-inch AMO LED touchscreen, 5-megapixel camera with autofocus and LED flash, 8 gigs of built-on memory, and a micro SD memory card slot for additional 32 gigs if you'd like it neither samsung or t-mobile have revealed any other additional information on when the phone will come to market well samsung and verizon announced the alias 2 this week a second take on the original uh, with a major revision in the qwerty keyboard retains the dual hinge but uses e-ink for the keyboard rather than traditional buttons when the alias 2 is opened like a traditional clamshell the e-ink shows a regular numeric dial pan and when it's open sideways it transforms to a full qwerty keyboard uh, very interesting very innovative in styling on how to use a qwerty keyboard the alias 2 has a 2 megapixel camera with video capture bluetooth a2dp support visual voicemail and support for up to 16 gig me- micro sd memory card uh, and also the uh, price point of 80 dollars on a new agreement. So good uh, good pricing on that one. Sprint announced that it will offer, as well as Verizon, the Novatel MiFi 2200 mobile hotspot. It will be starting this June, selling for $99, similar to Verizon, after a mail-in rebate. And plans start at $60 a month for 5 gigs of data. So if you're interested in this but wanted to get on the Sprint network instead, you just got to wait a few more weeks and you'll be able to get it on Sprint as well. Into software, we spent a lot of time talking about this on the Unlock Show this week, Joey, but Sling Media's Sling Player coming to the iPhone has come to the iPhone. I should say $30 is the cost of it, and you can now uh, watch your Sling Player on your iPhone. Of course, there is no support for 3G or Edge. You have to watch it over Wi-Fi. Uh, this is uh, something that we we discussed a lot, and I don't want to get in too much on it because I've got a comment on it later, a voicemail that's going to kind of explain something on why I'm not going to talk about it much right now. But other than that, I also want you to go listen to the other show so you can hear kind of our, our tangent talk on that. But other information about this particular application, if you do want to run it on 3G, you can do so by using a hack called Voice over IP over 3G. You have to have a jailbroken iPhone, but you can install it and it will allow the uh, the software to be fooled into thinking it's running a Wi-Fi connection and allow it to work. So if you were interested in jailbreaking, there is a way to do it. I'll have a link for it. 
Also, AT&T releasing a statement about why the 3G streaming for the upcoming Sling Player Mobile was not available. It says, quote, Slingbox, which would use large amounts of wireless network capacity, could create congestion and potentially prevent other customers from using the network. The application does not run on our 3G wireless network. Applications like this, which redirect a TV signal to a personal computer, are specifically prohibited. Under our terms and conditions, we consider smartphones like the iPhone to be personal computers in that they have the same hardware and software attributes as PCs. That said, we don't restrict users from going to the website that allows them to view videos, but what our terms and conditions prohibit is the transferring or slinging of a TV signal to their personal computer or smartphone. The Slingbox application runs on Wi-Fi. That's good news for AT&T iPhone 3G customers who get free Wi-Fi access at our Two or 20,000 owned and operated hotspots in the U.S., including Starbucks, McDonald's, Barnes & Noble hotels, and airports. AT&T is the industry leader in Wi-Fi. Basically, what that says is, please use our Wi-Fi hotspots because we're not going to let you use this or any other applications over the 3G network. And Joey, it's still just a disappointment to me, but I know some people are sick of hearing us talk about this, so we'll just stop talking about it. So what other reasons could we possibly think of as why this could happen. Joey, do you think that there's possibly a conflict of interest here in uh, using this because, or in, in the, the Slingbox versus the AT&T Iverse application? I think that's got to be a big one. They want to sell their product and they want people to pay an extra, you know, extra money for it and don't want them to be able to get just with the data connection being a dumb pipe. Of course. Of course they do. Yeah. I don't think this application is ever going to, uh, ever going to fit everybody's needs. And unfortunately I still haven't bought it because of this issue. So Whatever, we'll uh, we'll move on. We won't talk about it anymore. Windows Mobile is talking about application development. They uh, got a group of uh, Microsoft's uh, folks together working on the Windows Mobile side at the TechEd conference in LA talking about and discussing Windows Marketplace for mobile. A couple of interesting topics included widgets being exclusive to the marketplace. Uh, widget, for all intents and purposes, has the same status as an application and includes counting towards the first five applications submitted by a developer. No Silverlight will be accessible on Windows Mobile 6.5 and the marketplace will launch in 55 nations, 29, which will have four pay stores as well as free applications. So some interesting uh, comments there from the Windows Mobile team. Also, the marketplace prohibited list got explained. They said uh, regarding voice over IP applications using a carrier's data, they said Wi-Fi will be just fine, uh, but uh, no Skype over 3G. Uh, also, applications that will have over-the-air downloads will be restricted to 10 megabytes. Uh, that's for the initial application download. And uh, so if you want to get larger games or whatnot, you're going to have to do it over Wi-Fi. And no applications that change the default browser client uh, search client or media browser on the device. And that's uh, so obviously you can't download an application and have it set to open links uh, that are uh, taking away from Microsoft's built-in applications. So uh, and not restricting the use of applications like Opera or Skyfire, but simply saying they can't be set as the default browser. So Microsoft's Windows Mobile uh, or Windows Marketplace will be available soon. Uh, we're just waiting to uh, to get some additional uh, some additional information on this one, get you know all the applications pushed through and all that kind of fun stuff. So, Well, the Nokia N79 and N85 both got firmware updates this week. You can head over to the Nokia website and download either of those updates. Uh, they are available also over the air, uh, so you don't have to use this software updater if you don't want to. An alpha version of Fennec for Windows Mobile is now available. Mozilla is the developer of this, and a new alpha version of their browser for Windows Mobile is available for download. The new version has a few improvements over the previous versions, and the user interface is now based on CSS, has support for add-ons, and a new gesture module is included. It is currently available only for the HTC Touch Pro. Well, if you're a T-Mobile G1 owner, you've probably been waiting to find out when are you going to get your cupcake. Well, Android uh, Central has received information that's showing a schedule for over-the-air updates being pushed out to users, uh, stating that 5% of Android devices will receive the update by Monday, May 18th. So that's tomorrow. So they're looking at about 5%. Uh, by Tuesday, 15%. Wednesday, 30 uh, Thursday, 45, Friday, 60, Saturday, 75, Sunday, 90, and next Monday, 100% of devices should have the update. So if you have an Android G1, make sure you leave it on so that you can get this update pushed out to you over the, uh, over the, the network, and you should have it updated by the time you hear our next show. 
questions and comments this week. First one is a comment from Andreas. He says, hi, Mickey. In reply to the last uh, last caller last time, iTunes connects to the store in the country where the payment method IP is from. I know this because many people over here use an American credit card or gift card to get access to iTunes video. Cheers, Andreas. Great news there, Joey, for those that are interested in traveling and want to make sure that they can still use iTunes while on the go. You can still buy content while you're you know, out and about just because your iTunes uh, is not connected to a service here in the U.S. doesn't mean that you're going to be restricted from downloading as long as you've got a credit card on file that has an American address on it. You should be good to go. Next one here, a voicemail from Dave. Hey, Mickey. My name's Dave Graham. And I listen to your podcast, both the Unlocked and regular uh, cell phone junkie. Do me a favor. Getting tired of hearing your rant on AT&T. Could you move on to another subject? Uh, I think most of us are tired of hearing it. But you still do a good job. Hey, thanks. Bye. All right, Dave. Thank you very much for your comments. Duly noted, we will stop talking about AT&T and ranting about uh, everything that we hate about them, and we'll just talk about the facts. So thanks for the information and your opinions on that one. Question from Peter. Folks, is there any reason why the IDEN network can't send SMS messages through the BlackBerry 8350? The unit receives messages with delays of up to a day, and it's unable to send messages at all. We've been told that MMS and SMS are the same by our Nextel rep. Is there a good discussion of the technology somewhere that I can take a look at? Well, Joey, I did some research on this one, and I didn't find anything other than uh, this is basically the case, that the Nextel 8350 that's out there is having uh, problems with SMS messages, and some people are saying that they were able to head out and, uh, and, and talk to somebody that was able to get them uh, s- uh, sending messages because receiving comes in, it just takes a while. Uh, but it doesn't look like it's happening for everybody. So I, I'm not really sure what the, the, the deal is on that. But I've got two great links here. One is from the support forums from BlackBerry that uh, has multiple pages of threads here that you can read through on. And the other one is from crackberry.com and they've got a couple of pages as well as people are kind of trying to figure out what they can do to get this 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 thing taken care of because it doesn't look good. Apparently, if you uh, if you have the the option available, if you go to send an MMS message and you use the uh, the phone number in there, it looks like it's sometimes working, um, but it's it seems to be a bug. And uh, unfortunately, uh, there doesn't be a real doesn't appear to be a real clear answer for this right now. Um, but anyway, I know there's a couple of you out there that are using the 8350. If you've found a solution for this, send us an email with a link or whatnot so that we can uh, hopefully refer Peter over to a place where he can get some additional answers as well. Next one is a comment from Roger. He says, Mickey and Joey, I love the Pod Trapper application. It works great. I also use audible.com and have the Audible app for the BlackBerry. It works, but if you have a subscription, you can't download over the air. So how do I download my favorite show when I'm on vacation or just out and about? The nice thing about Pod Trapper is that you can download Audible on Pod Trapper, but it doesn't work. And I emailed Pod Trapper and they got right back to me and said that it is a DRM problem. And Audible hasn't or hasn't Audible learned anything. People don't want DRM and if I'm paying for something, I should be able to pay play it on any device I want. I called Audible and they know about the over there download problem, but they don't know when it will be fixed. Keep up the great show. Roger Q in New York. Roger, I don't know what to tell you other than you're, you know, basically you've found and done all the troubleshooting that you need to. Uh, Audible, unfortunately, does have that DM, DRM protection, and so it doesn't allow for over-the-air downloading. And of course, uh, they, that's something that I think they're going to continue to do, or at least uh, at, the, at the current rate of pricing that they have, just because they don't want their content to be distributed freely without uh, uh, people paying for the subscription. So uh, that's unfortunate, because I know it's, it's real nice to uh, be able to download over-the-air. Uh, works real well for uh, podcasts on many platforms as well. So, uh, th- But thank you for your comments. Next one is a question from Johnny. He says, hi again, Mickey. Okay, I'm on Verizon now. Saga is up and running. I hate it. Nothing like an iPhone. I'll admit I haven't taken any time to read the user manual or look at the user uh, guide on the CD. Uh, I didn't need it for the iPhone. What I'm hoping to figure out is, because I can probably moan and groan to them and get a different handset of similar value despite the limited two smart handsets originally offered in the Saga or the Central, is what I should shoot for. I believe the Saga can act as a tethered modem, which might mean I can drop my $29.99 DSL account I also have with Verizon, which might make me hang in there and learn the Saga or just deal with it. Or maybe there's a better choice for a handset that may 
might be easier to use. Keeping in mind, I have, I'm keen on having a tethered modem option. In your last and most helpful and appreciated response to my questions around the issue of selecting which handset to choose from, you guys recommended going with to the Verizon store to play with both the Centro and the Saga to get a better feel for <clears throat> for each. However, no Verizon store carried the Saga in store, therefore no Sagas were available to play with. Very odd. Bottom line, on Verizon's website, I can't seem to find any indication of which handsets are tetherable. Maybe they are not looking for people to implement that option, therefore are not indicating clearly which phones support that feature. So maybe I need to go to one of their stores and play uh, dumb and ask them which support tethering and which to narrow down from there to get a demo of all that they can do and seeing which device that I like the best. Or fight like heck, try to get Unicell or somehow get me onto an AT&T plan and just get a version 3.1 iPhone and I will have a nice life and get out of their hair. (laughs) He goes on to say that may be impossible due to regulatory constraints on the acquisition or simply just no dice. Uh, But uh, unless I become a total thorn on their side and they look for other subscribers that are in the same predicament as myself, a Unicell rep I spoke to told me that I that I spoke to is in the same boat on the opposite side. He is being required to stay on AT&T, which actually means stay on the GSM side on his market in Vermont. He wish he could go over to Verizon because Verizon has much healthier coverage where he needs it compared to the former Unicell, now AT&T coverage in Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine, where he's mostly. Any helpful ideas would be ecstatically appreciated. And please wish us luck in getting us to where we all need to be. Sincerely, Johnny. Well, let's go back to the first comment on that, and that's tethering of these devices. Most of the Verizon wireless smartphones are available for tether. I know, Joey, you've got a comment on this, too. Mm-hmm. Well, since it is uh, Windows Mobile, uh, go for PDA-Net um, for tethering. It's usually about $30, and yes, you should have no trouble um, uh, tethering your uh, phone. Yeah, I've done that with uh, Windows Mobile devices on the Verizon network before. It does work. If you've got, unfortunately, you've got Windows Mobile on there, but if you can get an, a, a, a Windows Mobile 6.1 ROM, or actually just a Windows Mobile 6 ROM that is not a carrier-provided ROM, it actually has something in there called internet sharing. Uh, most of the, the providers, including Verizon and Sprint, take out that internet sharing option so that you can't use the actual uh, device as it, or the software as it should be. But if you can find somewhere out there, whether it's XDA developers or some other website that's got the particular ROMs out there available for it, you may be able to get yourself one that has the internet sharing application built in. Uh, so that could be an option for you too. Yep. So that would say $30. And, and in some cases, the internet sharing, you have to do a registry fix to get it to uh, work. Um, sometimes, it, like with some Sprint phones, if you just do a quick little tweak, uh, using a free registry editor, you can get it to work. Also, so yeah, there's at at, at at the very at the very least, you can get PDA Net to do the tethering. Yeah, and the other thing is too, if if you decide to stick or if you don't decide to stick with the Saga and go over with the Centro, same thing. PDA Net's available for the Centro, um, and I know I, I think right. I mean, or is it what's what's yep, yeah yep PDA Net and and I prefer USB modem. USB modem. It seems that's right. A little yep, yeah, little lighter weight, and plus it works with. Uh, uh, basically any operating system, including Mac OS, uh, Linux, and Windows. So it's a little more cross-platform, and I really like it. It takes like you know 50K in memory, so it's very, very lightweight. Yeah. As far as other smartphones that are out there that you could do this with, you can do it with the Blackberries. I know that's a feature that you have to you'd have to add on, though. I think it's an additional $15 a month under your plan, um, but it is legit. I mean, that's the thing with that is that you you're you're paying Verizon for this service if you wanted to go with the BlackBerry and you 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 could do it. Um, as far as getting out or getting them to move you over to an AT and T, you're I think you're dead on with that's that's a regulatory thing. They're being forced to divest certain markets, and you just happen to be in one of those. And I don't think you're going to be able to get yourself uh, switched off. You may be able to get out of the early termination fee. But I, I don't have other any real advice on how to do that, other than saying that they've forced you to switch over to the service. But I don't, I can't think of anything else, Joey. No, I, I really can't either. I'm not sure what the uh, what how that would work because that's obviously it's getting kind of complicated. Yeah, and I mean, basically telling tell them you know the the service is not what I wanted or it's not and it's not good and you know maybe they'll let you out of your contract and you can switch over to AT and T maybe. I don't know. It's worth a shot, worth a question at least. So, but uh, you know, fight for what you think is right, and, and make sure that you take uh, take the time to talk to everybody that you need to. And uh, you know, if you don't get an answer from the first person you talk to, see if you can grab a supervisor. They're often helpful as well. 
Next one and last one here, question from Thomas. He says, guys, with the MiFi from Verizon coming out and talk about this product being the product of the year, I have to wonder why the Y Windows Mobile Wi-Fi router isn't better. It 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 is used uh, using your current device uses the data plan that you're already paying for and is much cheaper. I wonder what your thoughts are if you have tried it yet. It worked great on my Fuse. And another thing, uh, the iPhone won't do it. The product seems useful and not a breakthrough at all. Perhaps since this is on the CDMA side, it would be different as using data and the phone isn't possible. Uh, but it is on the GSM side, and thus would allow for phone and data traffic simultaneously. As always, thanks for keeping us in the loop and keeping me educated. Thomas in Tucson. So I would say you, you've got a good point that the MiFi is, you know, granted, it's a real good product. A lot of people saying good things about it. I, I'm pretty happy with to see that this product is out there. It's going to certainly fit a, a niche. Um, it's a separate device. I guess that's one of the positive things. A lot of people don't want to have to you know drain their battery or have to constantly charge their phone in in use of of something like a windows mobile wi-fi router application you can get applications like this for almost any platform to turn your phone into a router uh the iphone doesn't have this if you jailbreak it you can get the um uh, you can get the speed of uh of the phone through the pda pda net software that we just talked about but it's not uh, supported, of course, and so you you know take it you know take the risk that you take by doing that. Uh, but other than that, you, you know, I would say what what other positives are there for you? Yeah, you're not paying for an additional service, but yeah, you're not able to make and receive phone calls at the same time as you're using data. Yeah, and that's the issue. And in, in in battery life is really a big deal. I mean, the the, the MiFi battery life is is it's very long battery life, and and with Windows Mobile, I can't imagine you'd run for more than an hour and a half. Uh, before it'd be completely dead, no matter which Windows mobile device you have. Um, if you have Wi-Fi built in, which obviously not a lot of them do. Um, also, the uh, a, a, another thing, I mean, you can do, I mean, there's other workarounds where you can do something like this, you know. Um, you know, like, for example, Mac uh, has the internet sharing. Yep. Where if you had a USB dongle, just a regular one that you, you, you know, pay for service on, you can share your internet connection over Wi-Fi with that. Um, uh, Windows has a similar one. They've got internet sharing uh, built in as well. Um, I can I can do it um, with my Centro tethering through USB modem. I can share it over my Mac's USB connection. Um, well, blue it can be over Bluetooth or USB over the Wi-Fi connection. So, and I have done that. So that's kind of an interesting way to go about it. It's pretty uh, neat conceptually, um, but of course it's a little more hassle. I mean, the MiFi is just easy, and that's where it's. It's, you know, the key is it's, it's very tiny. It's very easy. There's no setup to do. You just turn it on. Yeah. Turn it on and the light will blink at you saying, I'm ready. Let's go. And you're up and running. So yeah, that is definitely the, uh, on the positive side of, of ease of use. And I don't find that most of the other services or applications that are out there are really that easy to use. Um, but for those geeks of us out there, you know, I, I find this stuff just fine to do. I mean, I'll, I'll tweak and I'll tinker and I'll figure it out. Yeah. And obviously it saves you a boatload of money if you can do, if you can do something like this, you know, tethering my phone. I mean, I save a monthly fee. The thing is I, I just use it so infrequently that I, I couldn't imagine paying for it. But you know, those, those few times where you just need to use it, it is great to have that option. And, you know, likewise with the, the, the Wi-Fi sharing of the connection, you know, I have that serious stiletto that uses Wi-Fi and it, it, it just barely works through the Centro tethering through the Mac, but it's still <laughs> kind of neat to have that option. Yeah. And I find that for the most part, any, any of these things that you're doing are, are not going to be, you know, perfect. Like, uh, well, not that the MiFi is going to be perfect, but it's not, it's going to be, a, I think more perfect than what you're going to find with, uh, you know, than doing any of these other things. So it's something you, you turn it on, you leave it in your pocket or your bag or whatever, and you just, you surf and you don't deal with it. You get a phone call, you can use your phone. It's not cheap. <laughs> it is certainly not cheap. That's not what it's intended to be. It's intended use is, is certainly for those that are, are in need of keeping your, your self connected over a Wi-Fi network. And it's multiple devices as well. I mean, I know the, the, the Windows mobile Wi-Fi does that. Yeah, it's five devices on, on the, the Wi-Fi. The Windows mobile Wi-Fi router does that. Um, I don't know how many devices it can do, but, uh, you know, not all of them do this. So I would say if it works for you, just keep using it, enjoy it. And, uh, don't work. Don't even think about switching to something like the, you know, the MiFi because it's not going to make you happy. So 
Thanks for the question, Thomas, and uh, thanks for writing in. Well, that does it for us. If you've got any questions or comments, give me a call at 206-203-3734. Or you can shoot us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. And Joey and I will uh, read them and talk about them on the show. Make sure you keep them coming. We love your questions and comments. So make sure you join us next week. We'll be talking about how we're giving away this Q1. It's going to be a lot of fun. Joey, as always, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.